The whole problem lies in the identification. Whatever we identify with, I, I am a sannyasi, I am a hermit, I am living in a cave, I am a chief executive, I am a, a king, I am a beggar, I am this, I am that, I am following a spiritual path, I am worldly, all these are wrong identifications. I am practicing self-investigation, I am doing atmavachara, I am surrendering myself. So long as that I is there, there's no surrender, but surrender is still not complete. But what needs to be surrendered is that I that says I am this or I am that. The truth is, I am, I am or I am I. That is, the truth of our being is I am, the truth of our identity is I am I. Nothing other than I. That's why Bhagavan says in verse 26 of Uludu Napadu, what is true renunciation? He defines there. If ego comes into existence, everything comes into existence. If ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. Ego itself is everything. Therefore, investigating what it is, is giving up everything. Because if we investigate what this ego is, ego will thereby subside, and everything will subside along with it. So that alone is true renunciation. So Bhagavan wasn't concerned about Bhagavan was neither for or against sannyasa. Some, some people have written that Bhagavan was opposed to sannyasa. He wasn't. But Bhagavan said, just like marriages comes according to destiny, according to prarabdha, sannyasa comes according to prarabdha. If it's our, our prarabdha to be a sannyasi, we cannot avoid it. If it's our prarabdha to be a grahastha, uh, I mean, to be married with ten children, we cannot avoid it. That's all outward. But the problem lies not in whether, um, not in the, what our outward role in life is. Our pro the problem lies in our identification with that. So as Bhagavan said, if the, there's a verse in Guru Kavai in which Bhagavan says, the, um, the one who has destroyed ego alone is a true Brahmin and a true sannyasi. But very hard indeed is the destruction of ego for those Brahmins who think I am a Brahmin, I belong to the highest uh, varna, the highest caste, and those sannyasi who think I am a sannyasi, I am belong to the highest ashrama. So what, it doesn't matter what the outward role is, identifying with that is the problem. And so the only solution to that because so long as we rise as ego, we will identify with something or other. That's the nature of ego. Urupatriyundam, grasping form, it comes into existence. So as soon as we rise as ego, we identify ourselves as a person. And the person has a story and has a, a role to play in life, either with sannyasi or with householder or with brahmacharya, whatever it is. These are all... Um, external thing, but, but as soon as we rise as ego, we identify with these. So that is the problem. So it's in order to uh, put an end to all identity, we need to put an end to ego. And we can put an end to ego only by attending to ourself. Because so long as we attend to anything other than ourself, we are feeding and nourishing ego. Yes, although most of us are aware that whatever has to happen will happen, Mm. We are just not ready to 
to surrender and sit quietly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we because we don't we don't yet want to. We still want to go outwards. And it's not even a matter matter of sitting quietly. Sitting quietly means the mind, the yes. ego needs to yes. sit quietly. Yes. The body doesn't matter whether the body is sitting yes. or standing or, or, or doing yogasanas or running or yes. whatever. It is. The body is not the thing. When Bhagavan was asked, what is the best asana? Bhagavan said, Niditi asana. <laughs> asana means posture. In yoga they have so many postures. I know, I know you know this, but just for the sake of anyone else watching this, Nidityasana means deep contemplation. In the context of Bhagavan's teachings, attending to ourself alone is, is the correct Nidityasana. So it's nothing to do with the body. It's to do with our attention. Is our attention going out towards other things or going inwards? If it's going in towards ourself alone, that is Nidityasana. So, so when, when the ego is still around, when it's not yet been fully destroyed, can we uh, get to a stage where the body, mind and speech perform their actions and we are totally disassociated with it? We can disassociate ourselves with all these things to the extent to which we subside. And we subside to the extent to which we hold on to self-attentiveness. So long as ego remains, it will continue trying to rise and we have to continue holding on to our being. So the struggle continues till the end. And to the extent to which we rise as ego, we identify with things and therefore there's doership and all these things come. Doership is inevitable so long as we take the body and mind to be ourself. Because then, if, if this body is, is myself, and now I am standing, previously I was sitting, um, if this mind is myself, I am thinking, I am... Um, so it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's ego is the cause of doership. I mean, doership is nothing but ego. So doership is inevitable when we rise as ego. And along with doership comes experiencership. But so if the ego is the... As Bhagavan says in verse 38 of Uludhana Apti, if one is the doer of action, one will have to experience the resulting fruit. So the doer and the experiencer is ego. And we cannot avoid doership and experiencership so long as we rise as ego. So the only thing, the only solution to all problems is to put an end to our rising as ego. We rise as ego by grasping things other than ourselves. We subside and dissolve back into ourselves only by grasping ourselves. But we, our experience is um, the body, so I'm this hand, I'm not the grass. Yes. So does, does consciousness expand, or that, does our experience of the consciousness expand over a period of time to...? There's no... That is, when we talk about consciousness, now there's only one consciousness. Consciousness in its real form is pure, infinite, unlimited. But by rising as ego, we have seemingly limited the, the consciousness within this body. I am this body. So we feel, I am here, I'm not there. We, as you say, I, I am this body, I'm not the grass on which I'm standing. So we, you have limited... You are the consciousness. You have limited yourself as this body. When, when you give up the identification with the body, it's not that the consciousness expands, but limitations drop off, and 
consciousness remains as it ever is, which is infinite. So uh, consciousness is never limited. It's only seemingly limited when we rise as ego. So as long as the experiencer exists, this feeling of I am the body will remain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the experiencer is ego. It's ego, but it feels I am this body. Even I am this body, that is itself an experience. All other experiences are based on this experience. If we get rid of this false identification, and what remains is just pure awareness, which is unlimited, infinite. So there's no intermediate state between realizing and not realizing. It's, no, no, it's no. either this side or that side. <laughs> yes. Sadhuam used to say, I jumped 98% across the well. <laughs> if you jump 98% across the well, you end up in the water. So there's no such thing as partial realization. <laughs> Ego is either dead or alive. There's no half-alive half ego. A half-alive ego is still alive. Yes, yes. Thank you, Michael. <laughs>